Well, hi there. You are listening to the Town Podcast. My name is Austin Gann, and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhanka. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? Not great after Sunday. Not at all. Oh, <laughs> Not no. Not great. Um, Still hurts. It does hurt. I think, you know, we're recording this Wednesday night. I think I'm feeling a little bit better, but also just having that extra day from Sunday to Monday with them playing on Monday night is definitely adding to the nerves because... You know, honestly, help. after a game like that, you re- you want it to be played on Monday. You just uh, the Monday right after the game. You just you got to get have, you got to get to the next game. You want to have that out of your system. So, you know, we'll wait an extra day. But it, it was a terrible day on Sunday. It was bad. Oh, God. Well, we're just we're just going to get right into it. We're going to talk about this game. Part of me kind of wishes we would have record. I You know, we're only going to do one episode a week, but I was kind of hope, you know, wishing we would have done a one right after because you were scorched earth on this team and it would have been fun to capture the raw moments you and i both of our reactions <laughs> to that game it's easy to talk about the team when they're high and they're you know they're blowing teams out and yeah. it's all been fun but when everything's terrible and there's nothing positive like what what was positive about this game mason crosby's uh three points and his two kickoffs yeah there is see the positive Two touchbacks and a, what was that, like a 42-yard-something field goal? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say special teams didn't make it worse. We're used to special teams having a blunder. I guess we didn't have a special teams blunder. Yeah. We get a 45-point loss. Yeah, nothing too bad. I mean, you know, there was some, you know, definitely glimmers, I think. Obviously, the the um penalty on Zadarius Smith I guess we should start there because that was about to be a positive for the Packers is mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith rushes up the middle you know lays a great but clean hit on Jameis Winston ball that gets deflected Darnell Savage comes down with a pick in the end zone and they throw a pat or a roughing the passer penalty and you could tell that the Packers were just done after that. Obviously, yeah. they, they were kind of already done. But at that point, it was, okay, now we physically can't win this game. Like, right. there's nothing going our way and nothing telling us, you know, I, I don't know how much they were down. It might have been at 31-3 or 24-3 at that point. But that was kind of just the, all right, let's just give up. That's when, you know, we're done with it. Let's get Jordan Love's arm ready. Let's take out the starters and let's just start fresh. And, you know, I will say that play was sort of a positive. It was good pressure and then balls in the air. We went and grabbed it, but it was just too little too late and then got ended mm-hmm. up getting called back. A terrible flag. You know, I mean, he did, Z did what, like players are taught to do and that's not land on the player don't go for the head stay in the shoulder pads it was a crappy crappy flag i mean again the game was at a kind of mostly out of hand at that point you know might have put us back in but (laughs) insult to injury but my probably my most frustrating aspect of the game was how quickly the packers abandoned the run and didn't run the ball. I mean, what was it, like 49 yards combined? Yeah, I think it was something like nine total carries throughout the whole game. Like, why? Yeah. Why? did why? Yeah, and I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, Dennis Allen definitely called this game a lot different from week three last year. 
but you have to realize he had a lot of guys out and also, you know, the Packers were at full strength where they were not week three last year with Devontae being out. So they made adjustments and, you know, last year it was, okay, this is going to be a shootout. This game, we really didn't know what was going to go on because the Packers were at full strength and the Packers kind of bet on what did we do well last year? Let's just go with that. But I mean, if a team is playing cover two with shell that much, you have to run the ball because they were having four to six man boxes, which are so favorable for your team to run the ball. And I think we saw glimpses of that with how well AJ Dillon's few carries went of let's just get those four or five yard games. That was so frustrating. Yeah, it it was there. Just keep running with AJ and they just gave up on it. And so I think those types of things, even when you're down, you know, 17-3 or 10-3 or 10 nothing, like those are the things that you have to begin to hit on and execute. And also it would have been a completely different feeling coming from halftime, going into halftime to the third quarter if the Packers would have been able to get a touchdown instead of having to go for the field goal just because time was running out. You didn't have Mm -hmm. many timeouts. So I definitely think the Packers can learn from this. Is there ongoing problems and trends through the Matt LaFleur era losses? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They've either lost really close and, you know, a few plays haven't gone their way or they have just not showed up at all. And that is a problem that is on, the leaders and the coaching staff that is not a that is it's now a trend it felt so one-off of oh they had one last year they had one in 2019 that's just LaFleur getting his system in and maybe guys are resting and those were you know not week one of a season but this year you had almost a I would say 70 30 Packers fans in favor of the Packers fans in Jacksonville And it felt like a home game. Obviously, it was pretty empty, but you have to bring your own energy to that type of game. Mm -hmm. And the Packers didn't do any of that. And that's on the leaders and the coaches. And I think, you know, a good positive came after the game with Rodgers taking some of the blame and not doing what he usually does with deflecting it to teammates or unforeseen circumstances. Right. Right. Uh, speaking of Rogers, uh, he did his uh, weekly interview on the Pat McAfee show. And it's interesting to hear him talk about the first interception, uh, which came in the red zone, the beginning of the third, uh, third quarter. Uh, and what basically led to that interception was him basically getting racked. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to be PG with it, but yeah. he basically got racked in his kind of reaction and in pain as he was trying to throw the ball. And that's what led to the interception. And him kind of joking, saying, well, I guess I need to be better prepared for nut shots <laughs> when I'm in the pocket getting ready to throw. Yeah. But that was and, an interesting thing to hear, too. Yeah. Also, um, going back to that drive, the game's completely different if the Packers are able to muster up a scoring possession there as well. So yes. there was opportunities for the Packers to get back into this game, but they just didn't execute and didn't have the energy, I felt like, to nope. get back in the game. Nope, and Aaron said that too. The the team definitely lacked uh, lacked energy, and Lafleur was very, you know, trying to take the blame and saying that's on him and that's on the coaches for not having them ready to play. Uh, definitely a a disappointing way to start the season, I guess. 
a one spin zone to help us, you know, hey, they get it out of the way. Yeah. We get our bad game out of the way and we don't have to wait on it to show up. Yeah. I think, you know, I think a plus for the rest of the season would not be having another one of these because, you know, the last few years we've had it later in the season, week six against the Buccaneers. I think it, I want to say it was week eight or nine against the 49ers in 2019. It was a little yeah, bit later. It might have been the Chargers game was later too. Yeah. The Chargers game was later. So maybe just get, you know, this one out of your system because you do not want one of these going into playoff time at no. all. And, you know, I don't know about you and I know we're going to talk about the next game coming up, but my confidence with the team was a little shaken after Sunday and on Monday, but you know, I, I really do feel like this is a one-off thing. This team is too talented and too good. The only thing that I'd be concerned about long-term is if there is a lot of drama behind the scenes. And obviously I'm not talking, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers throwing games, which is people are suggesting That's so dumb. that is That's total so dumb. BS bogus, no professional athlete. I don't think since, you know, maybe shoeless Joe Jackson for the Chicago White Sox in the <laughs> 20s and 30s was actively throwing games. What a pull. But um, that and the Zadarius trouble and what the Packers went through this offseason, like that is total, I just don't think warranted. I think if anything, this, this season has so much pressure on it for the Green Bay Packers organization to win that you would think that these guys will be locked in and ready to go for this game coming up on Monday and for the foreseeable future. And hopefully this was just a humbling. Maybe they read the newspaper too much this uh, going into the game because they are, I mean, the team is stacked. They have the pieces in place to make a deep playoff run. Yes, I agree. It, it is interesting. You bring up the, the Zedarius thing and just to get people caught up, because I really haven't seen a lot of people talk about it, but kind of the, the storyline leading up to this potential storyline is last week, the Packers announced uh, their captains going into the season and around the time after the captains were announced, Z tweeted. Wow. With the uh, kind of questioning emoji and people tried to kind of thought maybe it was tied to the Ravens because they've had so many injury issues. I don't think that was the case. I think it was tied to not being voted a captain. And then you have, I think it was a couple of days ago, he posted on Instagram, he ordered a chain that is the captain's patch with the three stars that he would have had if he was voted captain. So he's definitely salty about it. And who knows what it's like in the locker room. We may never hear about it. It could lead to it being a thing. And maybe Zadarius questioning him wanting to be in Green Bay and stay in Green Bay. Just very interesting for sure. It's kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, I think obviously he has been such a vital part and a leader for the Packers the past two seasons. So to possibly upset that, to possibly have that kind of over their heads is not good at all. And I think, you know, those are just the kind of technicalities where we haven't had that in Green Bay in a while is a lot of big personalities and the Packers mm -hmm. have a lot of big personalities right now on their team. And those, you know, you upset those big personalities and you could be in for some hurting, some hurt. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it'll be uh, definitely uh, worthwhile just to tuck that one in your back pocket in case something does come up again. Hopefully nothing does. Hopefully 
you know, Z uses as motivation or is not as big as it may seem, but just in my opinion, might be a potential storyline working in the background that might surface or grow. So just keep an eye on that. Daniel, any other thoughts on this game before we put it in the river mirror and look ahead? I think we need to put this one in the grave, mark it up as an outlier, not as a trend. (laughs) And hopefully we don't have to see the Packers come out and play this piss poor of a performance again this season. Yep. Bury the ball. We're moving on. It's in the rear mirror. It's behind us. Moving on to Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, Jared Goff and company coming into Lambeau against a pissed off Packers team. What are your what are your initial thoughts about this one? Yeah, I think, you know, first time Lambeau will have a full set of fans in t- almost two years. And I think <laughs> the Packers have to come out and have some energy. I don't think they need to blow out the lions by any means. Honestly, I don't think they will just because of how well the lions have played against the Packers the past few seasons, but the Packers have to come out with their hair on fire. They have to be ready to really take the lions to task in a lot of ways. I think the defense is going to have to show that they know where they're supposed to line up for most of the game. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to have one of those, Hey, remember me, I'm the three-time MVP type of performances. And the great thing is, is I don't have the exact stats um, of Rodgers, but I'm pretty sure I can kind of rattle them off. But after Packers losses under Matt LaFleur, I mean, all six times, all six times Aaron Rodgers has went total. Yeah. I can't remember total who, God mode. Somebody tweeted. I remember seeing those stats too. Yeah. It's coming off a loss. I'm, Rogers. I'm the ta- next game is very impressive. I'm talking 250 plus yards, no interceptions, you know, a handful of touchdowns. Like he has to be locked in for this game. And I think he will be, I think he, he and Matt LaFleur need to come up with a better game plan but not only a great game plan, a good, hey, the Lions are not showing us what we think they're going to show us, so we need good counters to that. And yes. good things to get into that aren't just based around, hey, we're going to go five wide, all downs, and hold Aaron Jones in the backfield. I think one of my big critiques of Sunday's game, and Ben Fennell pointed it out today on Twitter, was they used Aaron Jones blocking way too much and that's just one of those things that kind of racks your brain of well what worked well last year was oh Aaron Rodgers you know down the field targets weren't open let's go to Aaron Jones on these check downs and really work that and I think that's that honestly would have helped us out on Sunday a lot I don't think it was all you know let's just get going in the run game but hey let's not look for the home run shot let's not look for you know 10 yard gains let's go for the the two yard dump off to Jones and see what happens. Cause he's a dynamic right. playmaker with the ball. So you're going to have to address that and also just get the, get the ball out quick. <laughs> yes. And I think a, a team that is, doesn't have great defensive talent. You know, I think the saints do have way better defensive talent than what the lions have right now, especially with Jeff Okuda. Uh, being out for the rest of the season like the Packers need to exploit that yes for sure and with all that being said we definitely need to run the ball definitely got to establish the run 
established the freaking run. More than nine carries, more than 49 yards. Get Aaron Jones going. Get A.J. Dillon going. I just, I need a running back to be utilized here. Eat the clock. Don't give the Lions plenty of possessions. They showed in that game against the 49ers, they, they can score. Yeah, They can move the ball. So if we're just going to just keep throwing the ball around and keep giving the Lions more possession and more time, it, we're not going to like the result of the game. Yeah, and I think that was – that's one of the things that the Packers under Matt LaFleur have done so well is have great time of possession. Obviously yes. they didn't do that on Sunday, but you know, you've got to keep the hand, the ball out of the hands of Jared Goff. Cause the more, I, I think we've seen this, the more drives he gets, the more comfortable he will start to get. I think we saw that last year against the Rams as the Packers offense started to sputter in that playoff game midway through the game and then Jared Goff started getting more opportunities and then he got hot for a little bit and obviously you know the Packers came up with a few kill shots to him at the end of the game but those are the things you can't have happen especially when your team could be fragile mentally going into this one yep yep for sure who uh, who's a key player for you any key players going into this one yeah. Uh, besides I, the whole team and the whole team needing yeah. to step up. <laughs> Obviously, I just said it a few minutes ago, Aaron Rodgers. I think he, in his leadership and whatever he's doing at the line of scrimmage, has to be better. On defense, I would say Jair Alexander. I think he played a pretty good game last week. I think he was one of the major positives on the defense. But I think he needs to make that just special play, whether that's a forced fumble, you know, getting up on guys on third down and not letting them convert because that was a bad trend last week, which is letting uh, the saints kind of do whatever they please on third and fourth down. So I think you got to look for your star player on defense and Jair Alexander to come up and make a play. I agree. I agree. Mine is just a running back. I, at this point, I don't even care who they have your pick Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Kylan, somebody, Eddie Lee, the ghost of Eddie Lacy, come back. <laughs> Somebody, anybody, establish the run, show life in the run game. Yeah, that's that's all I've got. I'm just my 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 cage just rattled after that one, Daniel. <laughs> still, I haven't fully recovered yet. I still need maybe another day or two, maybe Sunday. I might feel better about it, but still shaking from uh from that loss. Yeah, and I think you know, don't raise too many alarm bells after Sunday, but. If Monday doesn't go the Packers way and they come out and lay another egg, get ready. Because <laughs> you got to think, too, you know, the next week they play the 49ers in San Francisco. The game after that is the Steelers. I mean, if they lose this game against the Lions, again, just taking trying to not, like, freak myself out as well, how my brain works. If they lose this game to the Lions, I mean, are we looking at an 0-4 start? Yeah. Unless we that, steal one of those against the 49ers, the Steelers, even you yourself said, you're not feeling great about that 49ers game. Yeah. It, it's going <sighs> to be, it's an uphill battle. And, you know, the way to get back on track is obviously blowing out the Lions uh, and even just showing energy. So it all starts with Monday. You're, you, we can count that as the fourth preseason game against the Saints, and it is time to start the regular season on Monday night. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they just didn't know. Maybe they were so used to the fourth 
preseason game. They just thought, oh, this is just, we don't, this isn't the start of the regular season. Yeah. Another note too, it is a good thing that the rest of the division all lost. So we are not living in a world where the Bears or the Vikings are first place in the division <laughs> and we have to deal with their fans. The entire yeah. NFC North is only one. The season starts for the NFC North this week. I'm ready to go. It, it's what, time I, to go. Yes. Uh, how, I mean, where are you at nerves-wise on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, I'd say a 4. It's not nothing too crazy. I think my nerves are just wanting Monday to be here, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, it's so early in the week. We don't know, you know, guys like Darnell Savage who got hurt in Sunday's game. We don't know the severity of that. Matt LaFord didn't seem too worried about it. So those things will begin to develop later this week and into the weekend. And then Monday night, I mean, we got <laughs> we got an uphill climb to bat or an uphill battle to climb. Yeah, I would say I'm about a seven just because just again looking ahead. If this game doesn't go well and they lose, if Starting 0-2 with a tough schedule ahead. Yeesh. So the Packers I'm, schedule doesn't let up either. There's not no. an easy portion in the schedule. So you got to stack wins, especially against your division. And honestly, it may be one of those years where the Packers really need to rely on home field advantage during the regular season and then kind of reset your, uh, your team, go to the playoffs, have to play a few road games, but just know that you're well-worn and battle-tested for that. Yep. I hear you. Daniel, what's your score prediction for the game? Mine's 27-20. I think. Oh, you, you got know, a close uh, one. Oh, I think, man. I think the Packers will have a, a two-score lead for the majority of it, and then, you know, maybe the Lions score a garbage-time touchdown just to mm. get the Packers feeling a little shaky. What's I hear your you. score I'm prediction? I'm going to, even in spite of me being nervous, I'm going to go ahead and say 24-10. Dang. You, I'm, think, I, this is, you think the Joe Barry defense that we saw <laughs> on on Sunday will hold the team to 10 points? And this is like me trying to be super optimistic in, in spite of my nerves. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, you know, in the offseason, everyone was so excited for Joe Barry. People like I don't, the hire. Hang I don't on, hang on. They like the hire. And then after this one game, it seems like false. the fan base that's is false. out. That's it, false. The fan base is out. No, no one liked the hire. It was a dumb hire. In all well, honesty. it was a Jim Liner. That's what people wanted. Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard. Sorry. Sorry Excuse to Jim. sorry to go in Jim. on you like this. But he was the third option for the Packers. Okay. And let me let me tell you this, okay. It was the way he talked that sold Packers fans. No Packers fans originally said it was a great hire, okay? He hmm. just knew what to say and when to say it in his offseason pressers, and it was someone not named Mike Pettin, who in all honesty, at the end of the last season, I remember both me and you both saying, might as well just give him another contract. Like, the, the actual having to transform the defense and the terminology will take way mm -hmm. too long that Rodgers will be out by then. So I'm just saying, I don't think anyone was actually excited or knew that oh, this hire would go well. That's the fan base true. was excited. That's the fan true. base was excited. That's yes, they true. were. You know they were. They weren't excited. It was he was selling he was selling them. Once he got talking, then people were into it. Yeah. And they now they're completely out on him again. It flipped. Energy will not win you a championship, 
energy will get you energy will get you orange slices from your mom at half (laughs) energy and playmaking energy and be able to make and he calls and he calls the nickel corner spot star like that means anything like a a grown man playing football needs to be called a star star (laughs) give me a break anything else about joe barry you want to bury it before we get no i'm fine (laughs) okay sorry i'm glad we we got to that (laughs) because it has been interesting to see the internet react to joe barry in that first game again it's only one game there's 16 left they'll be fine they'll be fine we will be all optimistic next week when the when they beat the lions we'll be you know world beaters again think we can conquer everybody and go 16-1 but for now we'll just we'll get out of here and we'll uh have to look forward to monday daniel where can people find you on the internet People can find me on Twitter at Daniel Marhenka. That's M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Where can people find you at on the internet, Austin? You can find me on Twitter at Austin Agan. More importantly, you can follow at Titletown Post on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the latest Packers news and content. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a review, share it, let us know what you think. Be a friend, tell a friend. Until next time, see ya. Adios.